Welcome back into Defeating the Curse. Joining us on the DTC hotline is Manny Benton. Manny has been covering the Redskins for many, many years, and we've heard all about it on Twitter, and we've read a lot of his uh, his work. So great insight on player evaluation. Now Manny has even hit the record labels. Thank you for releasing your first single um, in, what, two days, Manny? Congrats. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you. And thanks for joining. So we're, what, one day away from training camp. Training camp is tomorrow. And, um, you know, we've already been hit with the news today that Jordan Reed is going to start on PUP. I mean, the season hasn't even started and the guy's already injured. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, is, is, do you think this is going to be something long-term or how do you think he's going to hold out this year? Yeah, a- anyone who looks at this and says, you know, don't overreact or, um, you know, not, not to say anything bad about um, him having this injury it is is naive because we know his injury history and, and we know some of the issues that he has had. Now, I'm not saying to just go over the deep end and say, oh, my goodness, the season is over. Jordan Reed is not you know, going to be able to play this season or whatever. Um, I think it's something that we're going to have to watch closely. If, if this goes on into mid next week, then to me, I, I'm going to be raising a few eyebrows because – um, you know, they, they claim that it's just a minor issue and they're doing it for precautionary reasons. Of course, if you if you're on the, the pup list, you can come off at any time. So it'd be interesting to see when and if they take them off, because I think we went through this last year with the rookie and it lingered on and on and on. So, you know, those those anywhere in your foot, that's always kind of iffy because you never know when it's going to completely heal. Yeah. And the other thing is with Jordan Reed's history, I mean, we've seen it time and time again where it's like his shoulder. Oh, there's nothing wrong. He's going to play next week. And then he's severely limited and you can tell he's hobbled. The guy just can't seem to stay healthy. I mean, the guy's got so much raw talent. He's so good. He's, he's in my mind, he's at least what top two, top three tight ends in the league. It's a guy just can't stay healthy. But. Yeah, I mean, well, that that's classic Redskins for you, right? I mean, Manny, you, you hit the nail on the head with, with, with Doxon last year. It's always going to be that one surprise injury and nobody really expected. And then we're sitting here four weeks later talking about it. And then Gruden goes on the mic and he's like, I don't really know when he's coming back. And then it, even if it is nothing, the media in, in D.C., they're, they're capable of spinning it completely out of control. And I'm sure somehow a, a story with, with Reed will come in and how it affects Kirk and all that other crap. But, I mean, yeah, I agree with you. Hopefully it's it, it really is nothing. Um, I, I don't know. I, I think he's just uh, – I think they're just babying him. We, we were talking about it earlier about how we need to remove the bubble wrap. But like you said, it is a foot injury, and those can be tricky. Yeah, but, I mean, we could tell a lot of fans last year said we were babying him after the shoulder injury, and that that obviously – was not babying. He could tell he was in serious pain, but I'm glad you brought up the dysfunction in Ashburn specifically with Bruce Allen. So let me ask you this, Manny, based on last week's development and Bruce completely throwing Kirk under the bus. I mean, there was nothing more than throwing that under the bus and then Kirk completely going on one Oh six, seven and just completely taking the high road and, and doing, saying nothing about Bruce or about the organization I think here at DTC, we think it's a foregone conclusion that he's gone in 2018. I, I thought he was going to sign this year, and I was so confident in that, and then I was proven wrong. But my co-partner, my partners over here were laughing at me, telling me that I'm an idiot because 
They could. <laughs> they said he was going to be gone. What do you think is going to happen in 2018? Is there any possible way to save this disaster? I think there's a very small chance that he's back with the Redskins. I really think that he'll be moving on. And if he is back, it's them putting that tag on him and them really trying to hold, you know, cripple him from, from moving on. But it's going to be tough because that's a very, very expensive tag. And it's just, to me, it's not going to make a lot of sense to do that. And, and that's one of the reasons why this offseason, I even said myself, I think I wrote a few times that I would have looked to trade him. I don't know why they have been so um, reluctant or unwilling to even listen to offers um, because they they knew that this wasn't going to go anywhere because I think this is more than money. That's that's really my belief. I think this is I think this has less to do with money and more to do with um there being people in the building building that Kirk just isn't too, you know, hot about. And so mm-hmm. I think that that has more to do with it. So when you hear Kirk speak, you know, I believe him when he says that he likes Washington, he wants to be here. I think he likes being a Redskin, but there there are things that I think that is making him reluctant to sign here long term. And I think that's where your, your holdup is coming from. Besides the point also that, you know, if they're not going to meet, a number above what he's already going to get paid on the tag this year. There's really no no reason to even start a negotiation. So um, I just think that it wasn't – I knew it wasn't going to happen this year, and I just – I can't see it happening next year. Uh, so I see him moving on in 2018. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I think the first part of this would be that you get his name right if he's your quarterback. I mean, <laughs> come on, dude. Come you on, guys, Bruce. Hey, Gruden, Gruden poked fun of that today. That was hilarious. I saw that, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's just – but but to your point, if they were going to not want to go pay him what he's asking for and they're not going to want to pay him next year, then you're right. Why not trade him? Why not get something for him? I'm sure you had plenty of suitors that they didn't even like – they didn't even listen to offers. They didn't – it was almost as if it's like we're going to sign him no matter what, and then they didn't sign him. It, it just think, makes no sense to me. I think a lot of it came down to us being – the front office admitting that he is a good quarterback and he's better than probably anything we'd be able to start with this year. But like Manny was saying, there's, there's definitely most likely it's not really just money there. And there's, it could be that he's from the, the, the Shanahan regime or whatever. And there's maybe just bad blood with how the whole 2012 draft class went down. Um, and that could be the, the, the lingering reason, but yeah, I mean, it, it's easy to say why we didn't trade him, and it's because we knew we weren't going to have a better quarterback behind center. I mean, that, but that just proves how stupid the front office was and not locking him up when they could tell themselves that exact thing. They painted themselves into this corner. I mean, he gets what he deserves, and it's just, I don't know. But anyways, I, I think we've said this on the podcast many times that we're done talking about Kirk. Like, he's going to be gone. <laughs> We're, let's just let's just focus on 2017 and and hope that you know I don't know maybe we can win a Super Bowl or something like that but very <laughs> unlikely <laughs> that that's our only saving grace is that we win a Super Bowl and then the the fan base will be happy with just blowing everything up because right. we would have at least had a Super Bowl the first time in a lot of our lifespans um, of, of at least of of age to be able to watch the, the skins so but let's let's talk about camp starting tomorrow. Um, you're going to be down in Richmond. Um, I know some of the some of the position battles that intrigue us 
specifically our inside linebacker with Zach Brown coming in and Will Compton and Mason Foster being the incumbents. Like, where does Zach Brown fit into this? And then the whole nose tackle thing, like, who who's going to play nose tackle? Like, it's been something that's been the Achilles heel of our defensive line ever since we switched to this 3-4 defense, and the, the team still failed to address the position. What are you kind of looking forward to in, in some of the key position battles? Yeah, you know, the two that you listed are very good. I, I think they're – are several positions and position battles on this this team that just has huge question marks for me. Um, and, and not necessarily that it's in a bad way. Like, for instance, tomorrow in particular, I've already kind of made up in my mind that I really want to focus on the safeties and, and the receivers because you have two new safeties um, stepping in. Of course, Swearinger um, played the position, you know, throughout his career and did well last year with the Arizona Cardinals, but that was his first year of success. I'm interested in seeing if he can continue that, especially playing free safety, because um, he's been more known as an in-the-box player. He had success in Arizona playing deep and, and playing the deep half and cover one and stuff like that, but you got to realize they have guys like Deion Buchanan playing upfield, and oh, by the way, you got Tyron Matthew and Patrick Peterson and guys like that, so that's a lot different than what you have on this team. So I'm interested in seeing him, and I'm really interested in seeing Cravens and his transition and how he he moves forward at the position because I actually really, really liked him at inside linebacker, so it kind of hurt me to see him move back there. So I'm interested in seeing how he can play, um, um, you know, at the, at the strong safety position. And then for the receivers, I think there's a lot of question marks there. Um, I think a lot of people are excited about Terrell Pryor, but I'm interested in seeing how he – matures at another year as being a receiver i think crowder is your guy definitely that you can bank on having a good season but outside of that you know i think that there's a lot of question marks at that position as well so um i agree with you i definitely hated seeing sua move back into safety because uh, i think it was the giants game where you just that's when you you saw him just do the hard hit and get the ball and you're just like man this guy's a beast yeah um but uh, going to the receivers, you've always been a, a Maurice Harris fan. Tell me, tell me what you're uh, hearing about him. And uh, I, I'm hearing a lot of players and a lot of chatter that he's probably one of the more dominant receivers going into training camp. Best hands, tall, good route runner. What do you think about him? Yeah, Maurice Harris to me, and I, I've kind of compared him in the past to a TJ Hushmanzada. If you guys remember him. Yeah, um, oh yeah, especially absolutely. with the especially with the Cincinnati Bengals and the way they used him, a taller receiver. I think it was about six one, six two, but he could play slot, he could play outside, and he made a lot of plays being that number two, um, with Ocho Cinco being the main guy. So, Mar- Maurice Harris to me is just a super savvy player. To me, behind um, Jamison Crowder, he's the most savvy player um, on, on the receiving core right now. To me, I think he has some very very strong hands. Very good feet. Um, he moves them well for his size. Um, and, and I think that he has an opportunity to beat a guy they signed this offseason and, and, um, and quick. I think he has, a, I think he has a, a very good opportunity to beat him out and be maybe that fourth receiver. Um, but I really like Maurice Harris more so than, than a lot of guys on this team. Even I know I have a – I have um, – I guess some some things that I want to see with Dachson, but more so than anything, I'm really really excited to see Maurice Harris get some. Um, yeah, some well, snaps. I mean, 
especially uh i mean you you're right i mean last year i don't know if you guys remember he had like one amazing comeback route where he was fighting through traffic and then that other uh sideline tiptoe catch that we needed i think i forgot which yeah. game it was but i mean yeah you could absolutely tell that he's he's capable of some great things i i was never really big on on the brian quick uh <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't. I really don't understand why we did that one. Uh, I always joke that uh, Snyder and Brucey saw that his last name was Quick, and that was how they evaluated him. I mean, <laughs> I don't. I don't know about that. Um, well, then please tell me that Maurice Harris is going to overtake Ryan Grant. Please tell me Ryan Grant's not going to be on the <laughs> I see, field. I, I see. I'm hoping, man. But you know, Ryan Grant has been essentially a starter throughout this all season, as far as a minicamp and stuff. So I'm really interested in seeing if they're serious about him being a starter right now because right now he's been starting over Dotson and it's driving me crazy, man. I really, I'm not a big Ryan um, Grant fan at all. So wasn't, isn't the, isn't the biggest thing is that he is like, he's a champ at working 120% during these camps and off season when everyone's really doesn't give a crap and they're kind of going 80, 85%. So he's always going to be an outstanding player. And then come regular season, he just looks, yeah, he just looks slow and, and Ryan Grantish. I mean, but you know, even, even in the practices, at least the, the ones that I've seen, I haven't been to all of them. But as far as like training camp last year, he'll have like his flash plays, but you still see the inconsistency in his route running um, and, and his inconsistent hands and just being able to to make plays on a consistent basis. I just haven't seen it. So I, I don't know what they're seeing. I, Jay Gruden loves that guy. I don't know why. That's Jay's boy. I mean, it's, yeah. it's been <laughs> well, you his know boy what? for a long time. He he was the one who banged the table for him when they drafted him. And so I think that's something that he's kind of hung on to. He really wants to see him perform because he banged the table for him. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see if Doxon can stay healthy during all of um, camp, at least. I mean, because we really haven't seen him do anything. He hasn't really been on the field, um, I guess, you know, OTAs and stuff like that. But I'm sure they're not going um, really hard hard there. So I think it'll be interesting to see kind of what the receivers look like. Yeah, I mean, I know everybody knows I'm a big feet guy. And I'm really interested in seeing how confident he is in running routes and, and, um, and really playing the position. Because from my understanding, he's going to essentially play that Pierre Garçon role. And to me, that's the best role for him. Um, Cause the, the way I kind of graded him coming out of college um, was that he would make a very good complimentary receiver as far as being a good receiver on those intermediate routes. Like I think the bang eight, that, that skinny post route was one of his better routes in college. And of course he can climb the ladder and all that stuff. But to me to, to get the best usage out of him is on those intermediate, intermediate routes. So, I want to see if he's able to make crisp, you know, cuts and stuff in camp. Yeah. So uh, overall, how would you rate the receivers group comparative to what we had last year? I don't think they got better. And I struggle. I struggle to say that they got worse because I don't know. I have to see, you know, I have to see what Terrell Pryor does. Terrell Pryor had a good season last year, but you have to realize that was essentially his first season, you know, really, really playing the position. So, now defenses have a full offseason to get film on him and understand the way he plays. Now, he's been working really hard to, um, to offset that. And so I'm interested in seeing if, if he continues building a route tree. But um, I struggle to say it got worse. I struggle, struggle to say it got better. To me, it's just a big question mark. 
Um, but I, I, I definitely can't say it got better because there's not many teams that have two thousand yard receivers, and then you have a third one in Jamison Crowder who almost you know reached the mark. So you don't see that often, and it's you can't discount that. So you know I'm not yeah. going to disrespect D. Jackson, Pierre Garcon like that. Yeah, absolutely, I completely agree. And then also you gotta you gotta keep in mind that Jordan Reed is the number one option on this offense. So you had that plus you had you know the two thousand yard receivers, absolutely. and then you had um, Crowder. I mean this the the passing game was just kind of insane last year. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So let's transition over to defense. Um, obviously, one of the Achilles' heels of last year was that everyone could run right through us. And right, run, run right down our throats. Um, how do you think that's going to play out this year? Do you think our defense is going to be any better? Uh, man, I don't know. You know, I just I don't know because they have not, they have not committed to trying to improve the nose tackle position. And they brought in Zach Brown this offseason, which which should help them. But I don't know how much is going to help them. So I, I just I still have this feeling that they're still going to, you know, struggle against the run, especially because they were really bad at it just up the middle. And a lot of that had to do with the linebackers um, misdiagnosing their gaps and um, your, your defensive linemen not being able to hold their point and, and not be able to, being able to um, shoot up field. So you have one good defensive lineman now who you, you know, your rookie and Jonathan Allen. But I just, I'm not sure how things are going to be in that regard because it just did not do enough, in my opinion, um, at that position to uh, really improve that run defense. What do you yeah, think? Yeah. I, 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 up, I'm, I'm sorry. I mean, yeah, I just, do, do you have any, any idea at all at what we, who's possibly going to fill it in? Cause we were, we were talking earlier about Tom Sula essentially guaranteeing that we're going to have a nose tackle and you have one of the McTwins that could step in there. I mean, what do you do? You have any idea how it's going to play out? Any any hope? I guess I'm not sure. I know they were they were rotating guys um, this off season. Um, I think the the rookie from last year, um, um, I can't think of his name right now, but I think he has a chance to um, to step in and, and play. It seems like he's gotten a little bigger. I thought he had some good snaps last season. Is that Anthony um, Lanier? Uh, no, the, the the kid out of Temple. I can't think of his name. Okay. Yeah, but um, I, he had he had a few snaps last year that that looked pretty good. Um, there's a rookie this year. His name is Andre Pipkins. Had a chance to see him in rookie camp, and I was really impressed by um, his ability to hold the point of attack and his ability to shoot uphill. Um, so when you pair him with a guy. Um, um, who they have now in Tom Sula, who can really mold him. Really interested in seeing if he can kind of come along and, and start kind of beating some guys out. Because if you're talking about a nose tackle, to me, he looks the part. Square body, big guy, and um, and he's athletic enough to shoot uphill and make some plays. So I'm really interested in seeing how, how he plays um, in training camp. Yeah, I guess... We'll find out. I think what the first game is 15 days away, so there's. I think there's a lot to be seen in the next 15 days. Yeah. All right. Let's go. Um. Let's do. Let's play over under. Um. So I'm gonna ask you a few things, and you just you just respond with one word over under. Jordan Reed over under 12 games played. Uh. 
I'll say over, a little bit over. Yeah, that's wow. what I was thinking too. He has to play over. I mean, come on. He has yeah. to play over 12 games. Has to. We're screwed if he doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> Kirk Cousins, 4,900 passing yards over under. Uh, he had 49 last year, 49-something, 49-15, I believe. I'm going to go with under. I'm going to go with a little under. Yeah. Under. I know that may be a shock, but I'm going to go with a little under. I'm going to go over. It's it's not a shock. I mean, you're, we talked about it a little bit earlier. He lost 2,000-yard receivers. And also, so. and I know, I know Jay Gruden has had his issues in the past with this, but he says – that he wants to commit more to the run game. So we'll see. But I think that could play into it too. Well, don't yeah. you don't you think, Manny, that um, adding actual tall receivers, like no no hate on Deshaun or, or Pierre, but adding receivers over six feet and that back shoulder fade that always crushed us. And, I mean, just having a defense now that you would assume can get off the field on a third down better than last year. I think personally that's going to make Kirk be on the field longer and more. Well, yes. hopefully not longer, but more. And then those yards should start adding up a little bit more, right? Am I? Do you, do you kind of agree with that? I can I can see that. Yeah, right. I guess so. Okay. I think one of my I think one of my big things that I'm interested in seeing because they have a lot of guys that they brought in at the receiver position whose specialty is to get downfield. And now I know there's a lot of you know, arguments with, with how good Kirk Cousins is at throwing that deep ball. But I want to see how he um, reacts to having these guys who are more so downfield targets. So I think that that's, that's my reasoning also in, in thinking that he may go a little under. That's true. He did have a, a couple uh errant passes last year. So yeah. Speaking of errant passes over under 12 interceptions. Ooh, I'm going to go over. Ooh, I'm going to go over. Uh, I'll probably go over just because of Doxon and TP with the learning curve. I'm gonna give him a little bit over, not too much. Maybe maybe 13, maybe 14. Not nothing. I agree. Much crazier than that. All right, then let's go over under 800 yards for Doxon and over under 800 yards for Pryor. Uh, I'm gonna go under for Doxon, over for Pryor. Interesting. I like it. I'll I'll, I'll copy that one. If I remember correctly, FP, in two podcasts ago, you said that Doxon was due for over 1,000. I said he's capable of getting over 1,000. But, hey, I'll tell you what. If, if we're wrong about the Jordan Reed thing and he's not playing 12 games, then Doxon will probably shoot up to 1,000. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's switch to um, to defense. Over, under, four interceptions for Josh Norman. You know what? He he had like twelve in his hands last year and dropped all of them. So I'm going to I'm going to say over just because I think he's upset about that and I think he's going to finally you know catch him. I agree. Um, I think he I think he's taking a step up this year. Second year, I guess new defense, but still second year with the team. I, I think he's due. FP, I'll, I'll I'll go over. I want him to go over. I think so. All right. Over under seven sacks for Junior Gallette. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna take the under. He's been yeah. away for two years, and I don't know. I don't know. I think he's really excited, but I just don't know what to expect from him right now. Uh, I don't know. Junior's my boy. I love Junior. I'm gonna hope that you get 75% of Junior, and that puts you at about eight sacks, 
right? So I'm I'm gonna say over. I'm gonna say over. I really want him to do do well and rebuild his career. Okay. You got two more questions. Um, we're not gonna do over under. Just two more really generic questions or really simple questions. At what point, if any, does Samaje Perine Pirine, sorry, Pirine, take over Fat Rob's job? I'm thinking if he does, it's going to be like in like in maybe mid October. I think they're going to give um, um, Rob Kelly every chance early in the season to have success, but I think they will start giving P. Ryan more carries if if Kelly isn't able to get things rolling. Yeah, we kind of saw that with with Gruden last year. Um, it took a lot of fumbles for Matt Jones to get pulled off the field. So I guess back-to-back or whatever it was that got him out in Cincinnati. Yeah. So it'll be interesting. Last one. Is RG3 on an on a NFL roster week one? No. <laughs> and I guess his, <laughs> his best ch- his best chance at one, it seemed, was, was you know, he, he worked out for the L.A. Chargers yesterday, and they just traded for um, a quarterback from the Buffalo Bills, Cardell Jones. Yep. Um, so I don't know. I, don't, I, I, I can't see it. Yeah, I don't uh, see it either. Yeah, I don't we, think he's. I don't think he. I think he's done. Like done and done. CFL done. I, he's old news. I'm over it. I'm I still. Think so. I, th- <laughs> I think he'll have. I think he'll have an opportunity to still try out for some teams. But at the end, of, at the end of the day, when teams sit down and they try to, you know, deliberate and, and you know, think about signing him, it's always going to be those those and in, those intangibles, off field stuff that they're concerned about. I don't know if if I were him, I would take a a, a chapter from Terrell Pryor's book and just sw- try to switch positions up. I mean, why why are you so adamant of being quarterback? Just change it up. Know, maybe maybe someone somewhere use your Olympic hurdling skills. Do do something. Um, but I, I mean, his his body can't handle hits, man. Yeah, his, he has the weirdest frame, and I've I've realized that you know early in his career where his upper half is pretty built. But his bottom bottom half is like a deer, and I think that comes from his track days. Yeah, he had we like talked n- about that floppy knees before. Yeah, his knees are so are so tiny. Yeah, <laughs> it's odd, but yeah, I mean, there's no doubt about it. He's he's a heck of an athlete. I mean, he could probably go back to hurdling and probably do well at it. But yeah. I just don't see it. I don't see a, a future in the NFL for him. Me neither. It's kind of sad going from rookie of the year to to out of the league in in what five years. Which brings us. It brings us full circle as to why the franchise is probably so like pissed at Kirk because they're like, damn it, Shanahan was right. <laughs> I can't, I can't. Bruce probably doesn't want to admit it. Snyder probably doesn't want to admit it, and that's probably what brings us full circle. And we're gonna lose out on 2012. Just didn't exist. At the end of the day, I mean, it doesn't matter. 2017 is what matters. We've talked about on the podcast many times that we're gonna let the Kirk thing go. We're going to let the hauntings and the curse of Washington go and and hope for the best. Manny, it was awesome having you on the podcast. For all the listeners out there, be sure to follow him on scout.com and Breaking Burgundy. Some great insights, some awesome um, articles, and make sure you follow him on Twitter at Manny, Bent, Manny underscore Benton. And um, make sure you give his new hit a listen. Thanks, Manny. Thank you, guys, Thank you guys for having me. Really appreciate it. Thank you, man. man. It was a pleasure.